Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Tired. All right, Luca Nation. Welcome Tired. back. Tired. Tired. Welcome back. Dude, Bill Belichick. Imagine playing chess with this guy. Like, we go into yesterday's game. Could you have ever imagined a strategy where Mac Jones, I mean, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league, I know he's just a rookie, throws the ball yeah. three times, and for much imagine, of the game, he only... Imagine going two for three and having your completion percentage drop. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's interesting. <laughs> no, but for most of the game, he had one. Th- he threw once. One. Yeah, the whole he threw like the last play of the first quarter was his first. They opened the game up with ten straight. It was windy, windy, rainy. It was you know it was bad. I mean, it was a crazy night. And even when you, but what's funny about it is you can have that plan, right? It's you're a boxer now. You know, you're you're the you're the missing Paul brother. Um, but but you know, Mike Tyson would say that all the time. Everybody has a plan until they get in there and get punched in the face, right? So. It's the same kind of thing. Like you could have a plan to run it. You still have to execute it. You know, the, the Bills probably were trying to run it too. And Brita, who was my fantasy back last night, gets in there and fumbles it. Because when weather's bad, sometimes you fumble a ball. Um, it always seems like they, uh, Belichick, uh, minus last year because it was kind of a rebuilding season, it always seems like he has a plan. And then if that plan doesn't work, he has like a plan B. He has, he has a counter to everything that they do. It always feels like he's just a step ahead. I would hate to do anything with Bill Belichick because I'm all about the laughs. I do have the lulls, and I know no matter what I did, Belichick would not laugh at me. He's just that kind of guy. He just wouldn't give me the satisfaction of laughing at whatever I did. All right, fine. I, I got a few different topics. Uh, did you see the – like, By the way, I picked – that was my pick, the Patriots. Nice. Picked, picked the Patriots, not the Bills. Uh, had a good week. But, but what's funny about it is what a crazy, crazy, crazy day. What a crazy day. Belichick? I read some stats about it. We don't want to talk about like um, you know the 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 lines and the trends, but he's over five hundred as an underdog, not just against the spread. He's uh, he's over five hundred winning the games where he's an underdog. It's like forty three and thirty eight or something like that is his record where he is an underdog. He actually wins the game. Forget about covering the spread. Wins the game. It's nuts, man. Coach of the year locked in. Uh, yeah, I mean, who else could you potentially even think about giving it to? You know, Green Bay coach. Not really. I mean, Green Bay is a ten, twelve winning team. You know, all the time. So, you know, they're ten, twelve win team all the time. Talk about like improving the team with a rookie quarterback instead of with Aaron Rodgers. You know, um, yeah. I mean, possibly, depending on how the season finishes, Flores. I mean, Dolphins defense got healthy, and I mean they they're on they're on the longest winning streak. I mean, if they just win out, you know, I mean I don't think they make the playoffs anyway because there's too many good teams in the AFC. But that that team's on a heck of a roll. Is this is is the Patriots defense 
one of the best you've seen in the last five, 10 years, or just kind of scheduling wise, you know, they look a little bit better than advertised. I think a little, there's just a lot of parody in the league. I think there's a lot of like, you know, there's you also, with the exception of Tom Brady, who I think threw 21 passes in the first quarter, right. With the exception of him, the, the quarterback play is actually taking a humongous step backwards this year. Think about it for a second. Brady's playing at an elite level. Rodgers playing at an elite level. But your other top five QBs in the league, let's just go through it, right? Mahomes obviously not playing at an elite level. Herbert is, you know, had a good game, not playing at an elite level. Burrow was injured last year. He's playing at, you know, above average level. Russell Wilson, huge step backwards. Matt Ryan should retire. Ben Roethlisberger should retire. I mean, go through your QBs, right? Just The, the real king is Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> That's who I would be buying. <laughs> I love Gardner Minshew. You know that. But the point, of course, is it's that defenses look good, right? When when there's only a select few offenses and QBs that are playing at the elite level we've come. It used to be, you know, last year you'd have five or seven quarterbacks, Drew Brees, you know, who were just playing at this, you know, elite, elite level. And even the elites this year, I, mean, I guess Josh Allen's playing like, – oh, Semi-okay level, you know? Started hot, tailed off. Same yeah. as that. Started hot, tailed off. Yep, same thing. So, I mean, defenses look better when that's the case, right? Um, but they are a very good defense. Matt Judon, is, he's awesome. He's a problem. So, I'm going to go – I want to talk NBA. So, t- I just saw a post. Dame Lillard wants $103 million contract. Do you know over how many years he wants that? Two. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. $50 million a year. And um, yesterday's topic, we had a short episode. I had it written down, so I'm going to think. This Trailblazers team is in big trouble. Big, big trouble. So yeah, they lost Carmelo. <laughs> here's, here's what you got with this team. This team was already kind of on their last legs. And at their peak, at their best, they got they lost 4-1 to the, to the Lakers. Remember? In the bubble. Mm-hmm. That's their best. Their absolute best. They lost Mello. They have no bench. They fired uh, Stock Scotts or Stocks. What's his name? The coach, the previous coach, Stocks. Leopold Butters Stotch. I can't Leopold, remember his name. You guys don't Butters, know. Butters Stotch. Br- bring in Ch- Chauncey Billups as the coach. Dame is super unhappy, and then you fire two months into the season. You fire the GM who brought in Chauncey Billups on a five-year contract. This team is one step removed from a controversy, blowing up this whole team. I don't know what happens, but I would fade, fade, fade this Trailblazer team uh, until the end of the year. Uh, I saw something like Ben Simmons wants to go there with Dave Lillard. Good Smash luck. Smash that, that fade would... button. Smash that fade button. That that would be even worse. Um, that's <laughs> ben a fade, Simmons. That's ah, a that fade team. It's just a fade team. They have no bench. They have they have limited talent. Dame is they have your boy, CJ McCollum. He's your boy. That's your pal. What do you mean? Because I gave him a Kobe card or what? Yeah, you gave him a Kobe card. He doesn't remember me. <laughs> TJ McCollum, we know you listen to this. We know the Portland locker room is listening to this. We now have bulletin board material. We said to fade you. I think but, I uh, think Jesse I think Jesse uh, Craig from PWCC that they probably are in the same circles. You know, big wine drinkers out there in uh, Oregon. Oregon, the Willamette Valley. Yeah, good wine out there. So that's Willamette one. Valley. I had a question for you, number two. Uh, is Luca? Just another version of James Harden, or can you win with Luca? You said that you you made that comparison. Um, I don't think Luca could win with his team the way it's currently made up. Can you can you build around Luca? 
Yes, 100%. He just needs a big man. That's all he needs? That's it. 100%. Needs a big man. He can still play that hardened role. He needs somebody who can get who can stop other teams' big men, and he needs somebody who can get him a second shot. Do you I, think? I think I think you win with Luca play. Just let it. Just let him keep shooting. Let him shoot sixty th- shots a game. Okay. The issue with Luca is he's not a very good shooter. So he's not a great three point shooter, and he's not a great foul shooter. He's actually worse than Harden in those two categories. Oh. Yet he dominates the ball. I don't yep. think he actually makes his teammates better in that he holds. Oh, the ball oh. lemon alert! No, no, I'm not trying to be like argumentative. I'm just, I see these comparisons, and we have a sports card podcast, and I'm, I'm curious. Like, dude, there's a lot of people holding Luca bags. A lot of people. I don't think anybody really has. I don't think. I don't. Besides the fact that they play with the ball in their hands a lot, and I think most of that with Luca is just that they haven't paired him up with a legitimate point guard since he's been there. Um, I don't think the Harden comparison Point guard is or there. big man? Well, you need both, right? I mean, the, the the truth is he needs a big man for rebounds, and I don't care. You can win with him even though he's not. He's an above-average shooter. He's an above-average player, and he fills the stat sheet a little better than Harden did. Harden wasn't a big rebound guy. Luca, get your triple-double every night if, if he wants to. Um, but he shouldn't have to. And think of, of how much he'd be freed up, how much less toll a, a season would take on him if he could get six rebounds a game instead of 11 because you had a big man getting those rebounds. Pair him up with any point. I mean, you know, look, it's a shame because Zion looks fatter than Nate, which is hard to do. Um, but I would have loved to see him play with Devontae Graham. You know, uh, uh, and I'm not going to say Devontae, but give me a player like that Chris who Paul? is unselfish. Chris Paul's great, but you know, I'm not going to ask for a Hall of Fame all-time great. I'm talking about somebody who doesn't need to shoot, right? Somebody who will pass, pass first. You know, a LaMelo ball, he's awesome also. But somebody who will allow Luka to shoot, but also create space for him. The, the, I think part of the problem with Luka is people look at him and say he needs the ball. I think he has the ball and fills the stat sheet because there's literally nobody else to do it. I disagree right? so vehemently, dude. I think um, you underrate like I don't think you Tim Hardaway Jr. is not a bad player, man. Oh Reggie my god, he was like a throw-in. The, the, the Knicks just gave him away. He's somebody who needs to shoot. Though. He's like he's like Malik Monk. Every time he touches it, you know he's going to shoot it. Okay. Okay. So you 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 Dude, want that's your best guy, the number two. I tell you, Luca. Now I, I think we can all admit that the KP experience. He's he's very hot or cold, right? Porzingis could be he could be fantastic one day, and then five straight days he'll be horrible. And it's great that he's seven foot eleven, but he, he plays. He just he I'm not impressed well. by KP. He doesn't move well. He's a exactly. perimeter, and he's tough. He's tough for spacing. And even though he's quote seven two, he does not play in the post. No, he, he doesn't, doesn't play, play post big. defense. He can't play the other the other bigs. Seven two. There's like six inches he doesn't need. You know, so he, you he can play see, six eight and two threes. So Go you want to see like a, a Rajon Rondo in his prime and like a Clint Capella. I want to see somebody. Yeah, yeah, you don't need you don't need studs, but I want to see somebody that lets Luca play without the ball a little bit. Somebody who's an unselfish pass first. I, I think he does. I don't think he's ever had a chance to, even in Europe. Right? I mean, I think if you create some spacing on the offense, ran some plays, and allowed him to spot up and shoot instead of always having to create space for himself. I think you become a better shooter. I think it's almost um, it's almost unfair to say he's not the best three point shooter. It's because when he brings the ball across half court, 
he's usually got two people guarding him. He's definitely got somebody on him every time he's trying to shoot. He's trying to create the shot off himself. He never has an open shot. Everybody else who's shooting threes is a, is getting a pass at least some of the time and shooting that three. It's very infrequent that he's taking that open three. It's always a contested three with him. It's not they better, fair. They better draft some really good three-point shooters like Duncan Robinson and surround him because he's um, – he does get his teammates open shots. He sometimes yeah, because they're double covering him. <laughs> oh, yeah, and he could get into the lane, you know, draw the defense in and then kick out. He does a good job of that. And his passes are some of the best. They put him he puts it right at the breadbasket. Um, yeah. Okay, next topic. Warriors. I like that Do they topic, make by the way, because I can't wait to see. He's young. I, there's there's going to be a lot of years where you would figure that his team has to know they have to put somebody around him. Thousand you know percent. what I mean? And guys, these um, topics are just—they're—I love the game. Like I love watching ball. I love league pass. Uh, and I see these comparisons. It's great. Right? It's great. Yeah, I, I see these comparisons, and uh, I want to bring them to you guys, discuss them, and then you guys make your own decisions. Because a lot of you are invested, you know, four or five figures into Luca. I want to tell you guys the comparisons I'm seeing. Here's another one, and I don't think anyone's invested in Siakam, but some people are. I'm curious, is this the year that the Warriors trade for him? Because he would fit that team so well. He would fit, he, yeah. he would fit that He's team so well. He's the kind of so guy we well. didn't mention him. Remember we talked about packaging Wiseman and like Poole or somebody else and getting a big man who could actually play defense against somebody like DeAndre Ayton and create a shot for himself. That's not a name we mentioned, but it's a good name. That's a, that's a, that's a, that, that would be a good – that would really put that team over the top because that, any team you – know, isn't yeah, it interesting yeah. how it's one piece? Sometimes yeah. in these teams, it's a rotation player. It's a good fit. Pascal doesn't need the ball as much as people like uh, other guys do. Man, that team, Pascal, Draymond, Clay, Steph, and Wiggins, that's that's a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup on offense and on defense. I think Siakam actually would be great for them because, you know, for Toronto, he still has to play some of the dirty player role, you know, like yeah. like dive on the floor type, you know, scrappy, get the rebounds, where if you have Draymond, he doesn't have to focus on that as much. <laughs> you know what I mean? So And this and Toronto's, Toronto's got to rebuild because, I mean, Van Vliet, uh, Van Vliet is – he's leading the league in minutes per game because they have no bench. Yeah. So getting a few young guys, pair them with Scotty Barnes – let, yeah, let them lead be, yeah, get some depth. Let this team rebuild because they're they are in a rebuilding stage. Let OG develop. Uh, let OG get his 20, 30 shots a game. Because he dude, OG's good, man. OG's gonna be a star in this league, in my opinion. Uh I, I would really love to see that trade to go down. And I think it's actually one of the more practical trades to go that could happen. So Toronto. It, it, can you invest in OG because he plays in Toronto? Does that, is like that an sort awesome of, fan base? It is for Toronto, yes. But do, do, do the card-collecting average American, will they invest in someone from Toronto? He's not from Toronto. He's from the UK, actually. He plays in Toronto. You know what I'm saying. You know, like Lowry. We didn't invest in Lowry. Something Kawhi. I'm trying to do a little bit better of, Cage, is mm-hmm. um, sprinkle. Like I, I'm an all-or-nothing guy. But I think it's like you can, you you can buy you know five silvers of OG right now, or maybe two or one just to get in on it, uh, so you have some stake in the game, but not you don't have to max out because dude, he, do you know how old he is? Twenty four. Twenty four years old. Very, he's young. He's got a lot of potential, you know. And uh, 
you know, I don't know. I, th I think he's worth a look. I, he's not my play today. He's he's not very cardboard relevant as of now. But yeah. I do like to see the the guy develop. I think he's he's got he's got the tools to be a very good player. So talking about Toronto, did you hear the news? I think it's starting January fifteenth. Um, Non-vaccinated uh, NBA players will not be able to play in Toronto. I mean, visiting players will not be able to go play in Toronto because they, uh, Canada announced that anybody coming into Canada has to be vaccinated. So the Kyrie thing is now going to be expanding a little bit. It's not just you can't play in New York. It's teams who have players, whether they're from Dallas or wherever, that have a player on their team that otherwise was not making news like Kyrie because they were playing in a state that uh, you know didn't have the same rules, now can't travel to Canada. I saw that today on Twitter. Interesting, right? All this is very, very sad in my opinion. There's no really other way because, like, I'm not a big political guy, nor do I want to have this huge argument over what's the right way to go about it. But I think it's just sad that this has all become politicized. Yeah, um, all right. because, because I was curious if you had seen it. Well, I didn't see it, but my curiosity is, why can't you just get tested? Right. And if you're negative, you play. And if you're positive, you don't play. Like if it's all about safety, can't you just show that you're not you don't have COVID and all is good? Well, um, maybe I'm naive and stupid. Did LeBron? And probably LeBron both. Was LeBron vaccinated? I mean, I think he came out and said he was, but then he just got COVID. So no, it doesn't seem a, like it's... it was a false positive. Oh, it was a false positive. Oh, false and he was positive. upset about that. So it was a false positive. Um, and usually when there's a positive, they retest you right away. They didn't retest uh -huh. him. They left him in Sacramento. They said, you have to get home on your own. You can't have security come with you. Oof. How did uh, he get home? How did he get home all the way from Sacramento? He probably chartered yeah. a flight. LeBron. But that, that is kind of interesting. Like, I was like, like, I mean, <laughs> dude, I mean like, I'm sure he's on the way home. Right, but like imagine like LeBron like walks into uh, the Sacramento airport. He's like, I need to, I need to buy a flight. Right. So Spirit, you, Spirit, you have any flights? Spirit oh, Seventy dollars for a baggage? Serving chicken or chicken on this I, flight? I, I thought this was a budget airline. Do you guys have exit row for free? Um, man, gotta love it. Gotta love it, man. All right. Well, listen, NBA. We saw some football last night. There's nothing to talk about in, in the world of baseball because, you know, not allowed. <laughs> uh, My play is um, locked out. So right now on Golden, there's an incredible card on auction. And I think a lot of people are probably going to just scroll right by it. But I think it's a card that it's going to surprise some people when they see the sticker shock on this card. And it's um, it's a Spider-Man Hollow, 1990. Dude, I told you I was bidding on that. <laughs> All right, I didn't tell him. <laughs> you didn't tell me. You, you didn't tell yeah, me. Did. Yeah, we talked about it. I told. Remember, I said I bid on it. It's a new flip. It's got the six thousand series. It's got the six thousand. You know, oh, numbers. You, you can see. We had, a whole, we had a whole conversation about. That's all right. Tell the tell the folks about it. I didn't know you okay. were bidding on it. Uh, truth, <laughs> right, I won't bid, guys. I won't but bid. You, I promise. No bid on it. But my, no. my play isn't my play isn't the ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> And how many? Do you, I mean, or are you worried that someone out there is going to bid against no, you? No, 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 no. I wasn't planning on winning it anyway. I have nines. Do you? Ha you have a nine hollow? Uh, I think I have a couple of nines. Of the hollow Spider-Man? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my play. So, Ooh. so because what's crazy about that card is first off, Marvel blew me away when you did the break. Yeah, uh, that's fun. Just, just the loyalty. Like the, the, they were such a strong fan base, and this is 1990 for a set. And I think this card is going to go for, I, I, I know it's going to go for 10k plus. I, wow. you, you, let me ask you. You were going to bid on it. What did you in your head estimate that it would kind of sell for? I was hoping to get it for under seven. Under how much? Seven thousand. Under seven. So I, th- in my head, I think this is a fifteen thousand dollar card. There's only, there's only five in the world, Cage. I know. It's a near. It's six. a six. It's nearly. I don't know if this is. This might, this might have been the six one grade attempt, but yeah, it's very, it's very, and they don't grade them tens. They don't no, have the grade nines. I I tried to build a nine set. I still don't have the Green Goblin one. You know the 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 one with Green Goblin. That's like always off center. I think the best of having that is an eight. The nine, believe it or not, is like a three to five hundred dollar card, which to me is crazy because I mean, first off, the difference between a nine and a ten on those is like literally one blemish on that on the hollow foil. I think it's one of the best looking cards. I don't think it's just the Spider-Man that you guys should go after. I think. Uh, PSA nine hollows across the board of that 1990 Marvel set is super cool, uh, super low buy-in point, and a ton of upside. So that was my play today. I, I apologize. I should, go, I should go get some. I should go get some you can, so we can show them. Well, you can show them on eBay if you like. But yeah, I have. I love those hollows. And guys, just so if you remember, we did this break. Um, and if you didn't, the 1990 Marvel Impel set, I M P E L. Um, it's not the first Marvel cards out there, but it's definitely like the first like pack pull, you name it, the whole year. Marvel has some other random stickers and stuff in, in the seventies and stuff. Um, but it's generally speaking, like, you know, the first Stanley Marvel set. There's even a Stanley card in it. In the box, there is a you know, in addition to the base card set that I think has what, like hundred and sixty one cards, including the checklist. Um, there's a five card hollow set. And memory serves number one is this cosmic spider-man where it's spider-man flying there's a wolverine there's a magneto Mm -hmm. um there's the one with the green goblin and superman and there's a silver surfer so that's that's it there's the cosmic spider-man number one um they are are very difficult to get centered i mean they they come in the packs they're very they're scratched it usually came at the top card of a pack um, so, you know, you got a little, you know, dings and scratch and stuff. Centering not good on these. It's just a cool, that's a cool card. It's I definitely so, the hollows yeah. are cool. Um, and while, while there has been an increase in these cards graded, um, you know, not a lot on the high end, not a lot of nines, a lot of the tens, uh, a lot of sixes, fours, um, Twos, yeah, twos. Not a lot, not a lot of nines and tens. So I like this card. And when you talk about how that ten, that maybe it'd be twelve grand. Who the hell knows? I mean, when you have that few of them, you never know how you know how high it might go. It just takes two people who want to bid on it. Um, When you talk about a a five-figure card as opposed to a card that's you know going to be three, four, five hundred dollars, the nine all of a sudden becomes a bargain. I'll tell you, it, it might surprise you, but. If this card goes 10k plus, it, it might lift the floor on uh, all the hollow PSA nines across the board. Yeah, makes sense. Hey, you think Barry Bonds gets in the Hall of Fame this year? I don't know. I don't care. 
Well, respectfully, I don't care what I mean by that is I just you, you, you know, I don't like bad businesses, Cage and MLB and BGS. They remind me of each other, right? They have this kind of historic brand. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just stay with me. They have this historic, I will, I will. I they have this historic brand. And it's not that they're like 50 50 split, you know, sometimes positive news comes out, sometimes negative. To me, it's like all all negative, man. So like MLB, it's like, should these steroid era guys get into the Hall of Fame? Should Pete Rose, who gambled on sports, get into the Hall of Fame? Oh, there's a lockout. Oh my God, Tatis is bat flipping again. It's just oh again, there's like that silly putty on the ball. Um, <laughs> silly putty. It's just nonstop. All of this dumb stuff. So like, it's uninteresting to me. It's so uninteresting to me. Oh, I love the – so you would like this. Forget about baseball. Over the next couple of weeks, the Hall of Fame ballots will be released. And it is, it is the most asinine process in the world. It's so antiquated. It's so stupid. It's part and parcel with baseball and how they do everything dumb. You know, like, like at least for the All-Stars, they let people vote. Right? They let people vote. You do a little ballot. The same thing. NBA does it, right? At least that's cool. Is there – the way Baseball Hall of Fame works – which I guess is still tangentially baseball, right? Because it's basically just a museum. Sports writers get a vote. Sports writers, who are the people who, during their time writing, had to ask these multi-millionaires for a statement while they were naked in the locker room, getting changed and trying to go home after they went 0 for 4 and were probably told to F off. And guess what? These sports writers, they get the last word. If you were mean to them, they get to keep you out of the Hall of Fame. But I'll never understand. So I, I think it's John Heyman, I think his guy's name. The way it works is all the people on the ballot, 20 people, whatever the hell it is, you get to vote for 10. I'm going to tell you something. Every year there's 10 people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't care what you say, right? I mean, yeah, the steroid stuff's an interesting question. But this John Heyman published his vote last week, and he voted for five people. And it was the most absurd one I've ever heard of because he voted for Bonds and not Clemens. You tell me how that could ever make sense. How? Right? Best player, batter of the generation, best pitcher of the generation. With the arguments steroids as well, Clemens? The arguments against both are steroids. If you want to say Bonds would have been a Hall of Famer before the steroids, well, guess what? So would have Clemens would have a Hall of Famer before steroids. Best pitcher even before steroid testing, before any of that stuff was even anything, right? So either you're keeping one out or you keep both out. How you vote for one, unless it's some sort of personal animosity towards one, I don't understand at all. And how are you only voting for five, dude? You got ten votes. I mean, it's just one of these things, right, where it's like, you know, like baseball elitism, you know, a bunch of baloney. Um, but we don't have to talk about it. I'm a baseball guy. and I can't talk about a hot stove. I can't talk about signings. I can't talk about free agents because these dummies are locked out. So this is like the only baseball stuff to talk about. And I can't talk about basketball because as you've explained already, Luca sucks and that's who I like. So since Luca sucks, according to you, I can't talk about basketball. I'm just going to cry. In football, my Raiders have shown everyone that they are the pumpkin not Cinderella, not not the, the chariot. Um, they're now six and six and in last place in their division. Um, so I get to talk about baseball. Okay. And you don't want to talk about Barry Bonds. There's a cool card. I don't know if I gave this particular one as a play, but I was looking at it recently. And if I did, great. You guys should buy more of them. 
I know I've given this card, this type of card as a play. Maybe not Barry Bonds. But I was looking at myself, and I'm, I was going to buy them all. I was going to buy everyone on eBay. I was going to do one of those typical cage sweeps, you know, sweep the floor of eBay. But I decided, you know what? If there's anybody out there like me who's a baseball guy, and there's not that many. I know there's not that many, right? Because most people who are in cards now, it's the young QB, right? It's it's give me Josh well, I Allen. I think there's a lot of baseball fans. I don't know how many fans Barry Bonds has won over the years. Ah, oh, dude. Barry Bonds. Ken Golden likes him. <laughs> So I mean, Golden's gonna lift the floor. He's gonna he's gonna he sweep might. it. This is a card you could definitely get the floor on, right? And here's here's why I like this one, guys. So I was I was at Bleaker trade the other day talking with our boy Hootie, and I was telling him stories about cards, cards that have stories, right? It's easy to tell a story when a card has a story, right? And I, I showed him we were talking about Michael Jordan, and I showed him this the Sam Vincent card, which guys, if, if you're new to our show and you weren't here a year ago when we gave this as a play, take a look at Sam Vincent nineteen ninety hoops card. And what you'll see on that is you'll see Michael Jordan kind of being pushed out of the way of the camera against the Orlando Magic. The one game where Jordan was wearing number 12. And it's actually the day that Hoops was there to take pictures for cards. So it's the only card that shows Michael Jordan with number 12. We talked about like the, the Mark Jackson with the Menendez yeah. brothers behind the same, same set, actually, believe it or not, for those two cards. Um, we talked about the Billy Ripken, the bat. And um, it's fun to talk about that. None of those are particularly expensive cards. Um, and we talk about baseball. We talk about Mariano Rivera. We talk about this. And he asked me what my favorite card as a kid was. Now, some of you guys listening to this probably already know the answer. I've had people send me pictures of these particular cards. And I'd love it if somebody brought this back because we've talked about it like NFT, you know, like motion, the whole deal. Sport flicks. That's what the card's called. Sport flicks, right? S-P-O-R-T-F-L-I-C-S, Sportflix. And what's funny is Barry Bonds had cards in 87. He also had cards in 86, right? The 86 tops traded, right? It was in those like end-of-year sets, right? And his 86 tops traded PSA 10. It's an expensive card, right? The Tiffany version is a crazy expensive card, right? And, oh, you found the card. So there's actually This is a sick card, $100? So there's, there's a guy with four of them at $74, with quant, he's got a quantity listing. Same thing. Go back out with the same nineteen. This is kind of like top. This is Topps Chrome before Topps Chrome, right? It even has that like kind of look to it. So with it and it's got his face too. It's got it's, it's you know if you like portrait cards, it's got a portrait card. If you like a swinging motion card, I'm talking about the card itself. The front has has that portrait picture on it as well. When you move the card like this, so if you go back out and go to your listings, you you go further back. That's like go to like the cool, eBay man. main page. Okay. Like the e go, go, and just eighty six sport flicks, and then I put PSA ten. Okay. This is literally what hey, I'm oh, it's right at. there. It's right there. No, this one, just this one right here. Okay. Yes, you see, you see the card, right? I was going to show that there's other ones. There's seventy four dollars. There's a lot. There's a lot of these on eBay, and they're significantly less than hundred bucks. They're cheaper than you could actually grade a card. Oh, this see the face? Yeah. See, I was showing other picture exactly. See how you could see if you move the card, you get a portrait of him. Or you get his sweet swing. It's like bat on the shoulder and straight through to the swing because the card moves. It's lenticular. You know, I've given some of these the Michael Jordan, the shot, lenticular, and you name it. So this card, that's a cool card. And very, why very I like nice. it, and why I like it for like, you know, look, you want to buy PSA 9 for 20 bucks? Go right ahead. Right? You want to buy, you want, I don't know what grading company that is. BSG. Bullshit grading. So um, I don't know. Is that what, what BSG stands labels? for? Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's BSG stand for? Bullshit creating? 
right? I don't know. I mean, but anyway. Look at so, this label. This is hilarious. What? Never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go I that route. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, but anyway, point here is, if you're a fan of bonds, chances are you probably remember these kind of cards too. And if you wanted to grab a card for your PC, that's all about nostalgia, dude. Why do you keep showing the same bullshit grading card? <laughs> BSG. I don't like, like now. That's it. He has no attention. Forget about the card. I need to find out about this BSG rating. Go. He's on a mission. Well, well the back says eBay ID card dash collecting. Yeah, I think that was the, the guy selling the card. Is he the owner of BSG? Why don't you find BSG? See if there is something to own. Maybe it's April Fool's joke from uh, our friend. Okay, I'm over this. Let's keep rocking. <laughs> Anyway, so I like that card just because it's a it's a cool 80s throwback, right? They're, when you combine Barry Bonds and Sportflix, you get you get one plus one equals five. You get 80s on overload. And then a PSA 10 for $74. Come on now. You're not, you know, you're not finding too many of those things. And it's a cool thing because you throw that in your 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 slab case, and next time you're at a trade night at Leaker or wherever the heck it is, you pull it out and no one there will have heard of them. And you got a Bonds rookie in PSA 10, Sport Flicks. I guarantee someone will trade for that because it's cool. It's just one of these cool-looking, you know, like something different, right? Like it takes people a while before they realize that stained glass was cool and kabooms were cool. Kabooms were out for 10 years before people were like, oh, that's a cool-looking card, right? Well, this card happens to be almost 40 years old. It's 35 years old. Um, but, you know, Part of it is people just don't even know it's there. People don't know that the card exists. So um, I just think it's cool. It's one of those I wanted to bring in just as a fun play um, and to get us talking about whether or not, you know, Bonds gets it. I think it's in January they announced the Hall of Fame vote. Um, he was close last year. And, and the reason why it's a relevant story, by the way, for both Clemens and Bonds is it's their last year of eligibility. This is year number 10. So there's a lot of, you know, people who said, all right, you know what, these sports writers made him wait 10, but they're not going to keep him out because that would just destroy the credibility of the whole thing. But some of them are like, no way, I'm keeping them out because of the steroids. So we'll see. It's just, like I said, something to talk about in baseball. If you like, we can talk about highlight. We'll talk about F1. We'll talk about UFC. What do you want to chat about? I'm, I'm starving. <laughs> so we talk about food. Yeah. I had chicken parm for dinner. Chicken parm, you taste so good. Chicken parm does taste good. All right, man. We'll be back You know what tomorrow. I realized about chicken parm? Tell me. I realized that I make fun of my son because all he eats are chicken nuggets and pizza. Okay. And then I realized that we grew up and we just put our pizza on top of a chicken nugget and called it chicken palm and pretended we were adults. I'm so hungry. I don't know what to – it didn't fully – I'm going to loss for words. How do you make it's <laughs> it's chicken breaded with tomato sauce and cheese? Hmm. I think I have all those ingredients except for the eggs, and now I'm frustrated. Did you see the 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 Iverson commercial with this dude? The, that guy? No, was it you or is that your stunt double? <laughs> Can you stop doing that? You're creeping me out. 
for our YouTube people. I'm doing that ridiculous. What the hell is that guy's name? I don't even know what his name is. You know the guy you see him on on TikTok, and like people do something silly, and he's like, "Oh, I'll just turn the water on," and then does this. And they have Iverson with Tyron Lou on a treadmill, and he's showing him, "No, no, no, no! You got to do the eyes." Was the greatest rug pull of all time <laughs> that guy from the Subway commercials named Jared who convinced us that you could lose three hundred pounds eating sandwiches from Subway? The greatest rug pull of all time was when the devil convinced us they didn't exist. It was gone. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.